Steve, happy Monday. How the heck are you? I'm pretty good, man. Just uh, just home from the Northwest Mountain Challenge and had a blast up there and hung out with a lot of people. Got to show off the new, uh, we had the new K3 stuff up there, all the bags and frames and some of the new accessories and got to shoot my bow a little bit, which was pretty rough. Haven't really <laughs> had much rough. time to pull that thing back this year. Uh, yeah. So it was good. We had a good time. Did uh, We actually had somebody reach out recently when I think they went back and listened to a podcast that we had did with Joel Turner on Target Panic. And in that mm-hmm. episode, I think we had talked about each of our experiences with tar- Target Panic. And at the time, I think you were struggling with it a bit, which was, that was a year plus ago. But where, where are you at with that? Are you still struggling with it? If not, what's helped you? Walk us through that because we actually just got um, that question recently. Yeah, man, it was definitely like a three, four year just slow slip into full on really bad Target Panic. Um, and then last year, I finally, I was just like, you know, I've had enough of this. I was just like telling myself, I was just like pissed off. Uh, and I think what I, what I ended up doing is, you know, cause it's all mental, right? Like I could change my release and shoot great for a day. And then the, whatever new release I had, I'd figure out how to cheat, uh, and, and figure out how to punch a trigger on it. Um, I'd try different things. But so I knew it was mental and that's what was really, really frustrating me. Right. That was like, I couldn't control it. Um, so what one thing I did was I went back to, in my head, I went back to the last time I had a bow that shot lights out, and I basically replicated my entire setup down to the release, the sight, uh, just pretty much identical setup, just I think the bow was differently. And I knew, like, in my head, I could go, okay, this is the last time that I shot really, really well. I should be able to shoot well again. And that was literally that little mental trick did it for me Hmm. um i simplified my setup took a slider sight off the bow just went back to a fixed six pin um and i just started shooting well again and it it took you know i I would want i'd get the pin close to the dot and i'd want to have this immediate reaction but it just took a lot of like no hold on hold on let the pin settle squeeze the trigger um and that was it just that little mental you know switch that i flipped to, to look at it from a different perspective and it took it away for me, you know, because I, I was going down the path of trying all these new things out um, and I just didn't have any confidence in them. So I think that so going back to shooting almost an identical setup to the last time I had really great confidence was was what did it for me. So hmm. um, I try, you know, all the, you know, I said spend like a week shooting at five yards and all the stuff they're supposed to they tell you that's supposed to fix it and. You know, nothing would the second I went back out to shooting 50, 60 yards, it would just come back immediately. So, um, yeah, that was it. It's it's pretty much gone. And I shot really poor this weekend, but I honest to goodness pulled my bow out and shot 15 arrows the week before. And that's all I've shot this entire year. So it's been uh, <laughs> things have been a little busy and haven't had, you know, just work and, and new baby at home and just haven't time, found time to, to make it happen. But. Obviously, we're coming up here. We're almost uh, into July, so I better pull that thing out and start shooting. You know, my two, three, four days a week to to get ready for hunting season. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know that I've heard that quote called a tactic. I don't know that I've heard that before mm-hmm. as like a an idea for curing target panic. But it makes a ton of sense because you're kind of forcing yourself or convincing yourself just to go back to confidence. And confidence is everything, as you said. It's mental for sure. It's a mental yeah, it's, issue. It's- 100 percent mental I, I think so i had that three to four year kind of slip and i kept blaming something else for the problem right like my bow it was it was the bow 
Um, I didn't like my sight, so I, I was playing with some sight things. I didn't like my stabilizers, so I was playing with different stabilizers. And reality, you know, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what was going on or what release I was shooting. Uh, it's all in your head, and it's just that discipline to let the pin settle and squeeze the trigger off. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny as I just said it's all mental. I also want to put my own asterisk on that, though, and also say <laughs> it's it's all mental if you actually understand what it's like to physically execute the proper shot. And by that mm. meaning, I'm, I was thinking of my own experience in being self-taught that when I picked up a bow for the first time uh, and was using a trigger release, I think I was not punching the trigger in terms of target panic, but I wasn't executing a proper shot with tension, with pulling through. I mean, I was using my finger to execute the shot and not my body structure and not tension. And so... I would say it's all mental if you understand what it's like to execute a shot beyond just pulling the trigger, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because for me, I know it was it was like night and day for me when I picked up a, a tension release, a back tension or a hinge, and I understood, oh, that's what it's like to pull through and let a shot execute versus just pulling a trigger. So if you understand what that's like, and you can do that with a trigger release, you can. You can execute a shot that way. But until you know what it's like to do that, um, understanding that physically, how that works, then after that, it's all mental. If you have a target, target panic issue, I think it's all yeah, mental. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So busy, busy. Steve hasn't been shooting his bow. Steve, why why you been so busy, man? New baby, <laughs> launching new packs. We're getting there. Oh man, life. I guess yeah, it works. Obviously busy. That the you know going through new designs and it's um it's time consuming. Stuff doesn't just kind of materialate out of nowhere. It's um <laughs> it uh, doesn't. It uh, <laughs> it takes some work, man. Um and you know I'm trying to trying to think you know two three four years ahead and make sure that we're designing for that and. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been, and then little, you know, having a little guy six weeks old now. So anyone who's got a six week old and had a, he's pretty colicky, so they could probably relate to what that's like. Yeah. No sleep. Yeah. It's crazy, but it'll, it's a uh, short term. It'll pass. And before we know it, we'll be out there in September enjoying the elk woods. Yeah. So I want to say the, the finish line is in sight in terms of new products, but in all reality for us, it's actually just the starting line. Like the finish line is the starting line, the starting line, meaning we're actually ready to get what we've been working on out there for everybody, which is uh, super exciting, but that's obviously not the finish. That's the beginning. So yeah, yeah come, come July 1st here. Um, we'll have everything roll in. If you're on the pre-order email list, if you've been hearing us talk about that, you'll have more inform more information coming this week. So before July one. Um, so hint, hint, uh, be on the lookout for that, but yeah, it's coming. The reality, the K3 stuff that, we've been working on is uh, about ready to launch out there yeah i said it a thousand times already on the podcast but i'm so excited to, to get it out there and have people start using it i got to haul you know super heavy targets around all weekend long and they're they're a pretty good test because they're so awkward and weird weight and they're heavy and hard um they're a really good test for a pack and i just i was absolutely blown away by the performance of it so it's gonna be fun i can't wait to start seeing you know, photos trickle in well later in August and September once people start packing some stuff out of the woods with them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we we've been talking on the podcast with 
some awesome guys for a series that we've hinted at and we've talked about it. It's this roundtable series. You'll hear more about it. It's actually going to launch uh, next week as well. But while we were talking with Cody, uh, Cody Kellen from Born and Raised Outdoors, we brought up this topic with him, which was a listener question from you guys for Monday Minute. And that was, if you're a new hunter and you have this opportunity to hunt with someone who's more experienced, um, what do you do like to take advantage of that to um, make sure that you're treating the opportunity well meaning like you're not going in and making it all about you that you're ready to learn that you're um, just making the most of that opportunity like it's a I, I see it I've been there personally and being a newer hunter have had the opportunity to hunt with someone much more experienced and it, that is special that someone else would take their time to bring you along uh, and give up some of their time and experience and wisdom and all that. And so how do you take advantage of that um, and treat that proper? So I thought of that with Cody. We were talking with Cody already. And then I thought specifically of, you know, they always do a giveaway hunt each year with born and raised and whoever wins that, maybe they're not the most experienced hunters. And then here they are getting a hunt with the born and raised crew. So from his personal experience, I wanted to know like what makes that go well or what can mess that up. Um, and so we're going to hear from Cody in just a minute on that topic, but Steve, before we dive in with Cody's answer and thoughts on that topic, does anything come to mind for you? Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, I remember we did this a few weeks back with Cody. So I'm trying to remember everything he said, but I'm probably just going to reiterate or, you know, say it first now what, what he said, but I think just, um, I would just be very observant. I would ask questions and I would you know, just be like willing to work hard. Uh, don't be lazy. Just, you know, if the alarm goes off and you're supposed to get up, get up, get going um, and just, just be kind of ready and eager, eager to learn. And then also just listen. I, I would sit back. Maybe if you have, if you're hunting with this person and they're side by side with you and, and you're, Whatever they're doing in your mind, you're not agreeing with. We'll just go along with it. Don't doubt them. Don't question them. Don't try to do something different in the heat of the moment. Um, you know, quote unquote, they should be the expert if, you, if you're new and, and you're learning from them. Um, and and just kind of yeah, it would be frustrating to me if I took someone and I'm like, hey, I need you to do this, and they don't freaking listen to you. Um, and uh, so yeah, just just go along with them. Ask questions. Be willing to work hard. And then, you know, if you if they did some things that you're like, I don't know, I don't totally agree with that. Well, the next time you're out hunting by yourself, give it a shot and see what works. You know, a lot of the becoming a great hunter is, is just trial and error and testing what you can and can't get away with. You know, on on mule deer, you're going to figure out you can't get away with anything if you're trying to stock a, a buck bed at any, any noise, any movement, you're done. Yeah. With elk, you would learn that over the years you can get away with a ton of noise and a ton of movement, um, and you can be super aggressive in certain situations. So um, trial and error experience and um, as far as just learning curve goes. And then, yeah, when you're hunting with that person, just uh, ask questions and, and work hard. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll wrap this Monday Minute up. We'll obviously be back on uh, Wednesday with a full-length episode. Uh, this is a good one with a 67-year-old guy named Mike that we got a chance to talk to. Um, you'll hear this episode on Wednesday, and Mike at 67 is still hitting the backcountry, packing out critters himself. It's, it's really impressive. So be sure to tune back Wednesday to hear that conversation with Mike and 
some amazing stories that he has uh, from over the years, as well as his tips for how the heck do you still hunt the backcountry hard at 67. So tune in for that on Wednesday. But to wrap this one up, here's Cody Kellum talking about that topic we just discussed of if you're a newer hunter and you get to hunt with someone more experienced, how should you go about that? Here's Cody. I think uh, a couple things. I think go into it as an open mind, like a sponge, you know, learn as much as you can, ask questions. Um, Don't be like the kindergartner going, why, why, why? But at the same point, like you express that you want to learn, you want to be better. Hey, if, um, if I make like, if I'm making any mistakes or, or if I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing that I don't know, like, just please point them out. Like having that conversation up front, I think is, is key because it depends on the person, you know, that the guy may be a control freak and like you kicking over rocks drives him nuts. And then he's like, I'm never taking this guy again. I mean, or if we're going elk hunting, like that sounds great. It sounds like a herd elk. So you may not know like those certain things are good and may not. So, um, I think having that open mind, having an upfront conversation with who you're going with, um, and then just be like, express how, um, grateful you are for this opportunity to go. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to learn if I can help in any way, put me to work. Um, don't, don't uh, expect everything on a silver spoon, like. But having those conversations up front, you know, hey, ahead of time, it, can I prep any meals? What am you know when we're in camp? Can I? What is there some duties that you want me to take over? I'd be happy to help out. Like anything outside of like the actual hunt, like be be as helpful as you can be, and I think that that will pay off. Um, in the woods when you're out there with that that guy or gal or whoever it is that you um you know, cherish that time and just soak it up. Like, uh, live for that moment. Don't, uh, don't be hard on yourself. If you do make a mistake, um, that's part of hunting. It's part of learning. There's no shortcuts. Um, you, you just got to go and do it. And, uh, I mean, essentially pay your dues. So I think it's, it's really cool for that other person to be the mentor. Um, I think that's one thing in hunting that's missing a lot now is, is there hasn't been so much mentorship. I mean, there's, there's people that like learn together. They're new, total newbies and they're, they're all in it together. Um, but I think if given the opportunity, it's a pretty cool pleasure to see someone kill their first bull or, you know, or, or have, have that opportunity. Um, definitely, um, you know, I mean, in this last, uh, last hunt here with the land of the free hunt winners, they both killed their first black bear. They've been hunting all their life. Um, but they've never hunted bears particularly. And it, uh, it was pretty rewarding to see the excitement and kind of, uh, grounded you a little bit onto what this is all about. So 